you know, there would maybe be a social impact job that I would hear about every few months at a well-known company. And now I, f- I feel like in the last two years, maybe between the election and the racial uh, justice uprisings that more and more companies are realizing that they need someone who's leading that strategy internally. And so I see like, it's like every day <laughs> it feels like uh, maybe not, maybe not that often, but someone reaches out to me or someone mentions or someone asks about um, kind of a new, new job or new role uh, that they, that they've seen or that they want to get connected to or, and even when we put up our jobs at MTV, I like, there's just so much interest, I think in, in this sector and a lot of people wanting to understand how they can, how they can get involved. This is John Jirachi, founder of Upward, and you're listening to the Upward Podcast, where we'll be bringing you the people who are driving change and creating a world that we want to live in. Leading entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders talking about impact, transformation, profitability, and how to make it all work. My guest today is Maxwell Zorek, Senior Director of Social Impact at MTV Entertainment Group, where he works with a team of 13 to launch social impact campaigns across the group's media properties. Before MTV, Max was Manager of Social Impact at General Assembly, and prior to that, he worked at Purpose, a strategy consulting firm and creative agency, and a social movement incubator that builds and supports movements to advance the the fight for an open and just an habitable world. Wow, I mangled that, but I'll keep going here. Um, Max's work is led by a curiosity for understanding how new technology and emerging mission-driven organizations can unlock greater opportunity for more people. Welcome, Max. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. So tell me uh, first about MTV and the social impact team there. Uh, How does a company like MTV end up having a social impact team? Well, I think MTV is a bit of an outlier when it comes to social impact work. Our team was actually founded in the late 90s uh, by Judy McGrath, who was one of the original kind of executives at MTV and became CEO of MTV. And she kind of in the early days of MTV always thought that MTV had this responsibility to kind of, quote, use our superpowers for good. Um, And we still really think about that kind of phrase that she left with us 20, 30 years later. Uh, And it's kind of a a saying and a MO that we continue to repeat to ourselves today, even in our work in 2021 is, you know, how does MTV, how do we use our superpowers for good? And, um, you know, as someone who grew up with MTV, I I saw it as a, a pioneer for social impact work. I remember the Fight Free Rights campaign. I remember Choose or Lose. And you know, it, it's something that's really just kind of built into the company from the early, early days, um, as I'm sure many listeners will remember. What kinds of things do you do, does your team do, and how do you measure the impact? So I work on, uh, within our social impact team, uh, we have kind of different uh, pods, we call them, who focus either on an issue or a kind of capability. And so I work on what our, we call our action campaigns. Those are our campaigns where we try to turn passive viewers into active participants in social change. And to get a little bit more specific, I specifically work on our election campaigns and our mental health campaigns. Um, so when I got to MTV in 2017, I started work on our, on our first ever midterm election campaign uh, and also did our 2020 campaign. 
but have worked on a, a whole host of issues um, that have been rapid response, like gun violence or an issue like maternal mortality, or like it's been the, the whole gamut from you know, immigration, whatever. If there's something going on in the world and where young people are taking a stand, we do try to find opportunities to amplify uh, that work. But, um, but we also try to kind of keep our core objectives that have long-term impact strategies aligned to them. Um, and so when you ask about what kinds of things uh, we do, uh, it's really a campaign development. We think about what we call like 360 campaign development, which um, you know uses all of the aspects and capabilities of uh, a media company, whether that's on air, digital events, uh, communications, using our kind of corporate standing or coalitions. Um, we really try to get creative in terms of identifying a problem and identifying a solution that we think we, we can carve out within that problem and then leveraging whatever assets we think we can bring to bear. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's on, on what I'm trying to do is trying to, you know, turn more young people out to vote uh, and make sure that more young people are getting access to the mental health care that they need. And, and so your boss and, and I guess your boss's boss is the CEO uh, at the end of the year, uh, what is he, how do you get evaluated? How do you know that you've done a good job or how does, how does the CEO decide that you've done a good job? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question. Um, and I think that is measurement is like one of the biggest topics. I think that people discuss in social impact conferences or on the side, or it's all, or people are trying to build new teams. It's, it's, uh, it's tough. Um, it's not always kind of black and white, like a, a business KPI where it's like, you know, you see revenue on the chart and is it going up? Uh, I think for, for us, we, we always say that like impact is our number one uh, thing that we're measuring. And of course, there's not going to be one indicator of that that works across all campaigns because impact on mental health is going to look very different from impact in an election campaign. Um, but when we do develop a new campaign or a new program within a campaign, we identify some really clear KPIs that we can report on, that we can track, um, and we share those share those back with uh, senior executives when we kind of have a, a recap or when there's a retrospective on a big project, we, we do our best to kind of paint a portrait of the impact we did achieve or where we might've fallen short. Um, but then of course, with that, um, doing social impact within a company, there are, can be a lot of other kind of business related uh, measurements of impact. Like it, it could be uh, press, could be uh, one, it could be the amount of other companies we're engaging. In, in some companies, uh, we, we, don't, we don't have this, but in some companies it could be, could be revenue. Like maybe a social impact campaign, campaign is tied to a marketing campaign. For us, um, it's not necessary, it's, it's not that. Um, so I think for people who are doing this work, like it's gonna be, you're gonna have to aggregate a few ways to measure your work. Uh, for us, kind of impact is is number one. So it's it's case by case and it's messy, but have your metrics. Is that is that the uh, the takeaway? Like definitely have metrics. Yeah, and I, I think one tough part about social impact work that um, doesn't always work as well in the business context um, because businesses work on, and, and sometimes these don't work well for business either. You've got like your quarterly uh, results, you have your annual 
results and impact work. Like you might be working on an issue for two years or five years, or sometimes there are multi, you know, decade issues that even MTV has worked on, on voting for years and years and years. And like you, you have to con continuously update your strategy. You have to re-refine your metrics and you're not always going to win all, all every single um, battle you have or every, every single campaign you run, but hopefully those are like laddering up into something long-term and tell a story long-term. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that uh, it does, it's not always, you know, everyone wants to like put a bow on a social impact campaign, but ideally there's like, you kind of, you know, if you have these long-term, long-term visions for the work, whether that's mental health or voting for us, and you're going to keep refining, you're going to keep building on those campaigns to make sure that you're continuing to achieve impact. So, um, so what's a good example of some impact your team has had recently? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I you just I guess I just got done explaining a story about how sometimes it's these things are long term. Uh, sometimes they can be they can, they can be short term. They can be uh, we often use the word like a, a surgical strike uh, on our on a, when we talk about our impact work because sometimes we're working on very long term campaigns, but sometimes when we're working on an issue and we're deep on that issue, we notice a very specific problem. And an example. Uh, I'd love to talk a little bit more about was uh, something related to our 2020 election campaign. Um, when we were, we had begun work on our election campaign maybe two years um, before the election, just as the midterm uh, election had ended. And of course, we had developed a whole program. We had de developed a, a number of programs, many of those really, really, really proud of. But then, of course, the pandemic happened in, in March 2020. Um, and it happened about the same time that the primaries were kind of in the middle of, of, of happening. And we started noticing, we were hearing from partners that we were working on that there was a real fear that poll workers would not show up to work the polls because about uh, somewhere between 55 and 60% of poll workers are over the age of 65. Um, and if for many of us who know and go vote in person, um, th those are folks who are retired or can take, can take time away from their jobs and you know they've done it for a long time and really passionate about uh, supporting their community. And it was completely understandable that they might not wanna show up during a pandemic because they were most vulnerable to, uh, to COVID. Um, and we started to kind of hear these reports and, and began kind of conversations with some, with some leading experts around how might we solve this issue because we knew that young people might be the answer to that problem because they were um, at that time without the vaccine, they were you know, so a little bit safer for younger people to be in public spaces like that. And so we, uh, as, as MTV, uh, brought together and worked together with a number of partners from the Fair Election Center to Civic Alliance um, to some other companies like Patagonia and Uber. And we developed a new campaign called Power the Polls. And the idea was to create a really easy um, kind of marketing funnel and, and uh, uh, kind of simple campaign where people could come and sign up to be a poll worker. And then we would route that you and hand you off to your local election office. Because the way that working in the polls works is you find your county office, you sign up through them. It's, it's very localized. And it, this was a national problem at a national scale. And we wanted to make it really easy for, for, uh, national brands to recruit people from across the country. Um, so that, that's what we created. We created Power of the Polls. Um, and at, at about the same time, 
as this was happening, uh, to his credit, Trevor Noah and his team at The Daily Show, which is part of uh, MT Entertainment Group, also started to know this problem because they're watching the news very closely. And I think, you know, he himself had said, like, I want to do something to solve this problem. What, what, what are you all, what, what's MTV doing or what's our, our group doing on this issue? And we said, well, lucky enough, we have a campaign that we're working on called Power of the Polls. We're going to make it really easy to recruit. And for six uh, weeks, uh, just after the Georgia primary, when this issue really kind of blew up and we hit a tipping point where people were really noticing the crisis around poll workers, he recruited people for six weeks on his show. Um, and he recruited something like, uh, we, we estimate around 100,000 poll workers, which is just like incredible numbers. And the overall campaign recruited something like 700,000 uh, through other partners and philanthropy and, and so forth. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it was, it was amazing to see people were, it, the, the headlines that summer were all about like, is this election going to go smoothly? Is it going to be, are we going to have places to vote? And ultimately there were like by November 7th or whatever, after the election, there were tons of articles that were like, oh, the election actually went smoothly for that. You know, that, that end of things we didn't have, we had the poll workers we needed. There weren't any, like, um, in most places had lines that were reasonable length, um, or at least not because of a lack of poll workers. Um, so yeah, we were really proud to have contributed to that, that campaign and to work a lot alongside a number of really incredible partners who helped, who helped bring that to life. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great example of a campaign that was just like very specific. We were in conversation, we were paying close attention to the issue and, and we're agile enough to spin something up alongside um, some other really strong uh, people. That's amazing. So most companies that I work with, and I work with uh, several, and most companies that I have worked with, actually, no, I'll say every, no company that I work with has a social impact team. Uh, why should a company that doesn't have a social impact team think about starting one? I think if a, if a company is doing social impact work, and this is um, something they're interested in achieving, I think one of the most important considerations is, uh, well, I say two, two, two things. One is that uh, it's just really important to have a, like a quarterback who's helping to synchronize work like this. And that's kind of how I think about my work or uh, what social impact leads can do is that they're, they're, make, they're making sure that there's a long, you know, a long-term strategy, that the right partners are engaged. They're bringing in expertise of running past social impact campaigns. They're bringing in the right teams. If someone offers support, they plug them into something. And I think that that's really key, just like in any other uh, context, whether it's technology or a product launch, is that there needs to be someone who's like project managing, keeping keeping the trains on time and moving that work forward. Um, so I think that that is one really important piece of this is kind of that, that quarterback-like role um, if you are doing some social impact work. The second is um, one of my favorite stories comes from the social impact space and that I think, I believe it was the Gap or a retail store, but they were noticing that like associates in their store were just running their own voter registration campaigns, which is awesome. You know, they were probably asking their colleagues and just like, and just doing it. But when you think of it from a corporate standpoint, that that could potentially pose some risks because people are just really passionate about this. And they, they care about this in their day-to-day -day lives. And if they have friends or colleagues at work, they're going to try to bring them into an issue. I think it's better to have from a corporate standpoint, probably better to have a policy or a team that's kind of overseeing that work because they're, it, I don't know what this particular story, but people can make errors. People can 
you know, work with the wrong partner or they can uh, do something partisan. So sometimes, you know, it's better to, to have a set policy rather than kind of let things happen free for all. And I'm someone who's all about bottom up organizing and, and grassroots organizing. And I think that's a really key part of this. But I think from a corporate standpoint that, you know, I could understand executive having concerns about, about people just running on their own. Um, and so I would say that's, you know, that would be my pitch to someone who's um, maybe senior at the company and, 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 and not as excited about starting a social impact team is that the workers are probably going to do it anyway. Should we live in a time where people are really passionate about social issues and, um, and I see that within within our current comp, uh, company, which is which is great. People host events; they bring people together, bring conversations together. Um, but it's good to be able to plug that in to a yeah, when it when it happens. It's so interesting. I think of uh, bigger companies, especially as essentially like cities. Like a, a company is like a city that's organized to output something, right? And there's so many different. Uh, personalities inside these companies that are like cities and so many different initiatives and uh, a social impact team can just be sort of a channeling of bottom up, as you say, initiatives that are already happening inside the company and making it more uh, productive, more strategic, et cetera. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And trying to feed into your analogy, but it's like, as if you don't have that like the department of health or something that's, that's setting the strategy, um, right. you're going to get into a situation where everyone, every neighborhood is just trying to develop their own own responses to a public health problem. Whereas you can have that central housing office, which doesn't prohibit people from kind of working within that context, but it's better to have that, that central unit that's quarterbacking it. Right. So if somebody were out there listening and thinking, oh, you know, my company doesn't have a social impact team and I might like to think about starting one, uh, what would you say to them? I would say do it. <laughs> I guess that would be my fir- first response is how? yes. How, I guess, like, is my question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. Um, no, I, um, I, 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 I think that's like, love companies starting these. I think it's, it's oftentimes easier uh, earlier at a company or where there's kind of founder buy-in. But I think if you're, if you're doing that retroactively for a company that's been there a while or it's uh, just not something that's been on the, on the roadmap, I think one of the first and most important steps is that senior level buy-in. Um, I'd say a, a, probably a CEO if possible, but I, th- th- as we were talking about earlier, uh, and as I've seen with the, the companies that I've worked for, um, you know, at MTV, the, our, the CEO started the social impact team. When I was at General Assembly, one of the founders started the social impact team, started the social impact work. It's It, it needs to kind of be bought in at that level because um, this is going to require a lot of different teams. It's going to require um, someone who's who's setting aside a budget. And so I think the more senior level buy-in that you can get for creating a team like this, I think the more success and the, and the less frustration you're going to have over time. I would say there are also just a few considerations you're going to want to think about if you're if you are um, someone's distress on impact team. One is one we we discussed is like where where does this live? You know, if if you do get the C level CEO buy-in, is it going to report to that person? Is it going to, you know, where where is it going to sit? And I think that's a really key question to answer early. Um, I'd say another really key question is who's going to who's going to lead the work and how senior are they? Um, because you know, it's it's some companies some. Uh, 
older companies, you may need a very senior person in order to really get that work moving. If you're maybe at a startup or a leaner tech company, maybe they don't have to be super senior because maybe the, maybe the company's a little flatter. But I think that I've seen is a really important piece of this is where's that team reporting and, and how much buy-in do they need in order to get their work done and, and keep it moving? Right. And, and do you see, uh, if you have experience with this, people who are starting social impact teams and organizations, do you see them sort of testing into it or keeping their day job, so to speak, and working this on the side while they build momentum or, or how does that work? I think that's actually one of the most popular ways I've, I've seen this work happen. And when I, when I was working at Purpose and Agency and we would see um, that's when kind of, I think this was like the early 2010s. Um, and that's when I saw comp- these teams kind of popping up and most often people we were speaking with, or as I would see, get to know people across the industry, it was a lot of times someone who had a role that was related to social impact. Maybe they were on a brand strategy team, maybe they were on a public policy team, and slowly they kind of built that function or defined that strategy and then made the case for that becoming a a full-time job. And then they hired you typically they were, you know, maybe at a director level, maybe at a VP level, and they would hire someone um, below them. And that's, that's how, that's how I've seen those teams expand. Um, But I think, uh, yeah. And I was actually just speaking with someone at a company a few weeks ago, they work at a large multinational beverage company and, and they, they, they work, they did some sort of business development kind of role uh, for a new kind of, technology part of the company and they, they 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 spotted the opportunity they thought it was a big way um, that the the brand can make an impact in their markets and she made the case for building um, uh, and she is making the case for building a team and a strategy around it um, so I think that is that is incredibly common that's great do you, do you see this uh, expanding to more and more companies and taking off yeah and I think um, I, I I have and I <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I think when I was working and, and this kind of social impact terminology became more uh, finite and fixed, uh, you know, there would maybe be a social impact job that I would hear about every few months at a well-known company. And now I, f- I feel like in the last two years, maybe between the election and the racial uh, justice uprisings that more and more companies are realizing that they need someone who's leading that strategy internally. And so I see like, it's like every day <laughs> it feels like uh, maybe not, maybe not that often, but someone reaches out to me or someone mentions or someone asks about um, kind of a new, new job or new role uh, that they, that they've seen or that they want to get connected to. Or, and even when we put up our jobs at MTV, I like, there's just so much interest, I think in, in this sector and a lot of people wanting to, understand how they can how they can get involved that's great thanks for coming on the show max thanks so much for having me have a great holiday all right you too bye